Here. Commissioner Hallisey. Here. Commissioner Jupiter Jones. Here. Commissioner Louie. Here. And Commissioner Mazzola. Here. And Commissioner Wintraub and Commissioner Zwart both have excused absences today. The San Thank Francisco you. Recreation and Park Commission acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatisha Ohlone peoples who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ramatisha Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to Mother Earth. As the indigenous protectors of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatisha Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As stewards of parkland, we recognize our duty to honor the Ohlone through thoughtful and informed preservation and interpretation of ancestral land. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community. Good morning and welcome to the Recreation Park Commission meeting of December 21st, 2023. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall, room 416, with options to join and provide public comment both in person and remotely. We ask that you turn off electronic devices and take any secondary conversations outside in order for the meeting to proceed as efficiently as possible. We ask listeners to turn down your televisions and or computers while listening on the phone. We ask for your patience if we experience any technical issues. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Unless otherwise announced by the president, each person will have two minutes for public comment on each item. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. If you would like to speak on any item today, we request but do not require you to complete a blue card. For those who would like to join the meeting remotely, you may view the meeting live on SFGov TV or via webinar using the link provided at the top of today's agenda. You may provide public comment remotely via our webinar or via phone by calling 415-655-0001 using today's access code, which is 2661-873-1628, and the webinar password, which is 1221. When you hear the agenda item you would like to comment on calls, dial star 3 to be added to the queue to speak. You'll be lined up in the system in the order you dial star three. The system will notify you when you are in line and waiting, during which time the system will be silent. All callers will remain on mute until their line is open. Everyone must account for the time delays and speaking discrepancies between live coverage and streaming. Please address your comments to the commission during public comment on items. In order to allow equal time for all, neither the commission nor staff will respond to any questions during public comment. The commission may ask questions of staff after public comment is closed. If there is an item of interest to you that is not on the agenda and is under the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission, you may speak under general public comment, and that is item four today, and also continue to item nine. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in either of the following ways, by emailing recpark.commission at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be included in the legislative file as part of the matter. Written comments may also be sent via the U.S. Postal Service to San Francisco Recreation and Park Commission, 501 Sanyon Street, San Francisco, California, 94117. The following are short announcements for those of you joining us in person today. If the fire alarms activate, you must evacuate the building in an orderly fashion using any exit. Please note that elevators will immediately return to the first floor and are not available for use. If you need assistance out of the building, please make your way to the closest area of refuge, which is directly across the hall in the men's restroom. Inside the restroom is a speaker box. <coughs> Excuse me. President City Hall Security will answer. Let them know your location and they will assist you. Please note that this commission meeting is recorded and will be available for later viewing on sfgovtv.org. We are now on item two, President's Report. Thank you, Ashley. 
I'm going to ask you to help me keep an eye on these things we wanted to hit. And if I miss something, please let me know. Thank you. Um, good morning, everybody. Happy holidays. I guess this will be our last uh, commission meeting for 2023. Um, the Board of Supervisors recently changed their rules to um, discontinue remote public comment. And as we align with that body and many other commissions, uh, we're going to do the same. Um, if someone uh, with, uh, who's otherly abled needs help to attend, we want to support that. We always uh, are looking out for those who need a little extra help. All you have to do is reach out to our commission liaison, Ashley Summers, who can be reached at 415-831-2700, or you can email us at recpark.commission at sfgov.org. That's R-E-C-P-A-R-K period C-O-M-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at sfgov.org. Um, part of the President's report includes openings and events. We had a lovely opening at a mini park called the Fillmore Turk Mini Park um, next to the McDonald's on Fillmore Street last week. It was a lovely, joyous, festive event. Highly recommend people going out there and checking it out. Um, we had visitations from Santa Claus and, and his uh, elf helpers. We had arts and crafts, music, a DJ. Our, our mayor came out, just totally joyous and in her element. This is a community endeavor, I think, that possibly goes back to when she was a supervisor. And um, it's truly been, um, it takes a village to, to get that going. We had incredible um, pro bono work done by um, a designer. Maybe Sarah will mention that uh, later in the general manager's report. But kudos to all those involved in the opening of the Fillmore Turk Mini Park. Um, for a little bit of fun, we also, I think, under budget time-wise, have um, had a ribbon cutting. Uh, the rain kind of got in the way, but we had some stalwart pickleballers that came out during, during the rain, December 18th for the reopening of the Carl Larson uh, um, pickleball complex um, out 18th Ave. Um, this has been a much anticipated um, sport complex in the Sunset District. This marks a significant milestone, milestone in uh, Reckon Park's ongoing effort to accommodate the skyrocketing popularity of this sport. We have eight new pickleball courts at the Larson Pickleball Complex added uh, to meet the soaring demand. Over the past five years, the department has increased its number of pickleball courts sevenfold, bringing the number of courts from just 12 in 2018 to more than 80 places to play today. And also, we are um, anticipating um, looking at ways to also share boundaries with um, some tennis courts. We're being very thoughtful in this approach. Um, this project cost only $355,000. It came out of our 2016 Proposition B dollars for deferred maintenance. So that was a creative use of, of those funds. And um, I have a special guest star here, um, the ELF, uh, Commissioner Vanita Louie, 
who have, has a few words and some um, performance art for us. Go ahead, Commissioner Louie. Um, thank you. Thank you, President uh, Kat. Um, so back in November of last year, you know, the, the Rec and Park, um, specifically, you know, Beverly Ng and Dana Ketchum hosted a very important community meeting at the county fair building. Over 300 people came and voiced how much they love pickleball as well as they love tennis. So, you know, this is the giving season and the department kudos to to all of you, the staff, general manager, Sarah, everyone got involved, assessed un, um, underused uh, tennis courts and came up with this location. So uh, the groundbreaking was very uneventful, but you know, it wasn't, uh, this is eight reasons why this is the giving season. The, the department really stepped up and and we listened to, you know, public comment that day. And that what they wanted was, we want dedicated courts. So eight, eight courts were built at, out at Larson. And though it was uneventful, we, we really wanted to be there. So uh, General Manager Ginsburg was so excited, too. He, he, he was going to wear um, this ornament. And so since he's, he's away and we didn't have the event, I just... Uh, President Cat wants me to show what <laughs> General Manager Ginsburg would have worn at the Larson uh, pickleball groundbreaking. So I might have to stand for this. So this is what. So this is what General Manager. If you're watching, you will watch this. This is your necklace when you get back. <laughs> so. Um, Thank you to the department. They did everything to make this happen, and they will continue to assess. Um, but we like balance in this department for every every type of court sport and um, field. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Louie, for all of your efforts, crafty and otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn to more serious um, matters. Uh, we lost two more important people to Rec and Park. Paul Spring, the son of Jack Spring, whose uh, name is on the dining hall at Camp Mather, uh, passed away suddenly and unexpectedly uh, a few weeks ago. There was a lovely memorial for him out at the boathouse. He was much beloved. Um, speakers at this Rec and Park supported memorial included our naturalist, uh, Neil, who himself is 96 years old and possibly our old, oldest ever Rec and Park employee, and our other naturalist, Tom Graham. Um, Toby Price is Sydney, Sydney Angel, who um, um, steward and lead at Camp Mather were there as well. And I just want to thank everybody who was involved with that service and just wanted to comment because I knew Paul personally too. Such a sweet man, completely dedicated to Camp Mather and the community there, uh, not just the summertime community, but the year-round community there. Very kind, would give you the shirt off his back, um, just the kind of people you want to be surrounded with all the time. And we have another heavenly voice 
sorry that I, we will not be seeing him anymore. And our, our prayers and love go out to his family and friends. Another huge loss, uh, Denny, Dennis Denny Kern, who was uh, our director of operations for 18 years and oversaw 10 work divisions and 85% of department employees. He's a house, he may not be a household name in San Francisco, um, but there's not a park, open space, or program that Denny did not impact with his work. Um, there will be a memorial service. His wife, Kate, uh, came and visited the Reckon Park Department um, holiday party Monday night at the California Academy of Sciences, and she addressed a group in a planetarium. And she was incredibly upbeat and generous in sharing how important this job, this career, and this community, this department, and the city, you know, San Franciscans were to Denny. He was completely dedicated to that role, never had wanted to retire. Um, basically, cancer sucks and it took him out, you know. Um, I wanted to give Ashley an opportunity, if, if you wanted Ashley, because she worked right across from him. And there's actually uh, also a lovely letter that Phil Ginsburg wrote to the staff. Ashley, did you want to? I, th I think Phil's letter will cover it. Yeah. If you wanted well, to read that. Um, okay. Or do you want to do it, Sarah? Do you want to do? S you want me to do it? Okay. Okay. So um, Phil wrote to all of us on Sunday evening, which was the day that Denny passed away. Commissioners, it is with a heavy heart that I share with you the sad news of Denny Kern's passing this morning on December 17, 2023. As you may recall, Denny retired in October after a long storied career in the Navy and 18 years as our Director of Operations. And I wanted to say that I did a little research myself, this is cat talking now, about Denny. He didn't he didn't share this with many people, but it's in the public record that he was in the Pentagon on 9-11 when that airplane crashed. And uh, where he was, by most people's um, fleeting um, assessment in the moment, they were trapped. There was a temporary construction wall that had gone up that prevented people from moving down a certain hallway. The other hallway and all apparent exits were blocked and billowing smoke and jet fuel and all that stuff was pouring into the building and I think he actually crashed through the temporary construction wall to lead people to safety and did not leave until everybody he could see made their way to safety. His leadership and institutional knowledge in key numerous departments has led to key numerous department accomplishments including the reorganization of the Recreation Division in 2009 to a more efficient and industry standard staffing model, management of our department's COVID-19 response, got gardeners, custodians, recreation staff, and structural maintenance workers to work above and beyond during this time, improved our annual citywide average park maintenance score from 86 to 90 consistently since 2015, helped develop and grow the Gardner Apprenticeship Program, improved park maintenance scores in our equity zone parks, 
and this is really important as well, helped create a 13% reduction in water irrigation use in 2022, exceeding the PUC requested goal of 11%. Converted 4,084 cubic yards of green waste into landscape products. Just love that. Reuse, repurpose, recycle. Helped grow the park ranger division to 41 rangers citywide, and they are contributing to our safety all over the city, not just in parks. And advocated for organizational development and employee recognition programs. There's a place where people can share anecdotes on Denny's retirement. If you want the link, we'll arrange to get it to you. His legacy, his leadership, support, coaching, competence, and camaraderie will be deeply missed by so many of us. He was proud of all of us and the legacy of caring excellence he fostered in our park system. It's a legacy that I hope lives on for a long, long time. And um, I know now from Kate Kern that his memorial service will be at Grace Cathedral on January 11 at 11 a.m. And I do believe that we're also going to try to have a special service for him in a park. And Phil goes on to say, rest in peace, Denny, and may you forever enjoy well-maintained parks, recreation centers full of kids, and ski slopes full of fresh powder. May your, blessing be a, may your memory be a blessing for us always. All right. It seems odd to do it, but we'll move along to more commission business. But that was that one really those those hurt losing our colleagues and our friends. It just seems like the world should stop, you know, and grieve. On a lighter note, we received a lovely email from a gentleman, let's see Ashley, I'm looking for it. <laughs> It's the highlighted one on the front oh, yeah. page. <clears throat> a lovely gentleman named Howard Schobner. He wrote, hello, Lucas and Phil. On Sunday afternoon, September 10, I went for a ride on the Sky Star Wheel in Golden Gate Park. It was my second time there and my first to encounter a movable platform lift. This is a gentleman that's in a wheelchair. John and his colleagues were welcoming, professional, and knew how to operate the lift. Boarding and exiting the gondola were smooth, quick, and easy. The lift prop platform was large enough to accommodate my power wheelchair fairly easily. My wheelchair is 25 and a half to 26 inches wide and 48 inches long with a retracted footrest. The ramp was long enough and there was enough space on the boarding platform so that the slope of the lift's foldable ramp was gradual when deployed. The lift's foldable bridge was as wide as the gondola door opening, minus the thickness of the lift's edges. In other words, <laughs> excuse me, the bridge was as wide as possible given the width of the gondola door opening. I've used lifts of this same design many times on the Italian train system, Trinitalia. The lift you obtained is an excellent design and it seems sturdy. 
He went on to say more things about his enjoyment of the gondola and the fact that it met all legal requirements. And he thanked us for addressing his complaint and acquiring the lift. So here's someone whose advocacy worked to benefit not just himself, but our differently abled uh, users of the park. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much for writing to us, Howard Schabner or Schabner. All right. Let's see where I am. Um, when I had the opportunity to become interim chair after the resignation of Mark Buell, I read again the bylaws and I saw that the commission was required to create an annual report. So meet the first annual and possibly first ever annual summary from the commission, by the commission, with the incredible help of Ashley Summers here. Huh? It has two sides. It has two sides. Um, you can get it in cardstock digitally, or I can give you some cheap piece of paper <laughs> that I printed at home. Um, I'd like to highlight <coughs> that we're going to send this annual summary to our dear mayor and to our... Um, Appointments uh, Director, Mayor London Breed and Jesse Minardi. Uh, during 2023, in the responsiveness category, which is part of the mission of Reckon Park, we had these categories. We returned committee meetings to in-person at City Hall. We responded to over 110 sunshine requests. We updated the commission website to include more complete information for the public, and we worked with the Mayor's Office on Disability to improve accessible language across our agendas and our webpage. Under relationships, we held our first ever meeting, commission meeting in the Bayview. Commissioners have attended more than 50 events, including groundbreaking celebrations, ribbon cuttings, graduations, and other employee celebrations. And I know, because Vanita and Joe and I, we're almost like every single one of them, you know? Uh, um, somebody in our group attended two meetings of Prozac, and people have attended um, Women's Affinity and Black Men's Affinity groups. We provided lunch to 60 staff members who, who uh, worked to um, create the tree lighting um, at the beginning of December. We celebrated the 15th annual William Hall Awards, and we recognized eight incredible San Franciscans who've passed away and who made contributions to our department. Under, uh, and that was under respect, under resilience, we mourn the passing of our beloved commissioner, Larry Griffin, and now, of course, <coughs> Paul and Denny and others we've lost. Mark Buell resigned after 13 years as commission president. We elected the second female president in the commission's history, welcomed two new commissioners, and became the first majority female commission, um, this body in the history. Under results, we updated commission bylaws to allow for parental leave, improved the new commissioner onboarding process, hosted two one-on-one sessions with staff, and sent 80 years worth of commission files to be digitized, which I can tell you as a lawyer, this is a very, very important project, which Ashley, I think you did all by yourself? Yes? Y yeah. 
Okay. Well, no, no, no. Some, a lot of people at the department helped me okay. figure out the contracting process. Yes. All right. It was a team effort. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And we have many fun photos on here showing what your $100 a month for us commissioners gets you. So thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody. These commissioners, this is a, an amazing, amazing team to be a part of. And I, I'm honored, truly honored. And we have a lot of fun, too. Um, all right. I think that's all the stuff that Ashley told me to do. And I just want to know if any of our other commissioners would like to speak during the president's report, since it is your end. Come on, Joe. <laughs> all right. I'm not sure. Everybody can hear me okay? I have a story about Denny. I was appointed to the commission in September 2020. And uh, that was, we were in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, both Annie and I were sworn in remotely. <coughs> and... Um, about a week in to being a commissioner, uh, I was assigned to Denny, for Denny to show me a, the behind-the-scenes work of the Recreation and Park Department. And so I had not met Denny before. I knew of Denny and knew of Denny's accomplishments. I knew he had a military background. And when I showed up at McLaren Lodge, he, as he always did, was highly organized. He had a, a, a binder for me. He showed me what we were going to do for the entire day. And he said, well, Commissioner, we're going to do this. And we're going to go here. We're going to meet this person. We're going to find out about this. And he said, Commissioner, um, would you like water? Would you like to get some lunch before we set out on our tour? And I said, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. Uh, Commissioner, any, and I stopped him. And I said, uh, Denny, I said, I'm, I've been a commissioner for a week. Now I've got three years in. I'm still not sure I've earned the title. But I knew after one week I had not earned the title. And I said, Denny, you have a background in the military. And he said, yes, uh, 30 years in the Navy. And uh, I said, what was your rank? Sarah, maybe you can help me. I think he was a lieutenant colonel uh, that he retired. Okay. A captain? Okay. Um, so I said, what was your rank? He said, I was captain. And for uh, you know, the last 10 years of the, his 30-year naval career, and I said, well, I know you've earned your rank. I have not. And any time <laughs> going forward you call me commissioner, I'm going to call you captain. <laughs> and from that time on, every time I saw Denny, which was often, um, we'd laugh about it. And he would say, good morning, Joe. And I would say, good morning, Denny. Every once in a while, he'd say, good morning, commissioner. And I'd say, good morning, captain. Um, he was just a, a terrific man, totally under the radar, never sought attention. He basically revamped this entire department when he came on board as the director of operations. And um, I miss him greatly. We, 
exchanged hundreds of texts. And every time I texted him, he'd get right back to me. And I texted him on every Veterans Day since I met him, said, thank you for your service. And in November, I texted him, and I did not get a reply. And at that point, I knew that, uh, that the end was near, but um, just a terrific individual. And uh, he, he, he lived his life a certain way, and a way to be respected and honored. And um, uh, we just, we, we were lucky to have had Denny in our lives. So, thank you. Thank you, Vice President Howell. <coughs> All right, uh, I think that ends the president's report. Okay, commissioners will take public comment on item two. This is just on the president's report. Are you approaching, Richard? Come on up. Well, my name's Richard Rothman, and about Denny, you know, my role on, in Prozac, he came to our meetings often, and every time I asked him a question, he always answered it. I might not agree with him, but he was always very nice and, uh, and, and uh, you know, respected our group. But I mainly came here to talk about uh, the mayor's uh, limiting public comment. You know, not all commissioners are following the mayor's uh, directive. Uh, you might want to listen to the Board of, of uh, Permit Appeals, the first meeting in December. They had a discussion about it, and I just think it's um, it's not only you know it's seniors, it's people with uh, uh, families and people who work during the day, um, you know, cannot come to City Hall on Thursday at ten o'clock. Um, maybe if the commission's going to do this, and maybe they should have more meetings in the evening and have meetings out in the community so more people can participate. Because, uh, you know, some of these issues are very uh, contentious and people have strong, uh, strong feelings about them. So I hope you find a way that so that everybody can participate in these uh in these uh, deliberations. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Is there any other public comment on the president's report in room 416? OK, seeing none, we don't have any hands raised. So public comment is closed. We are now on item three, the general manager's report. Sarah. <clears throat> Thank you. A happy holidays. The holidays have arrived in our, and our parks are buzzing with events, including several tree lightings and nighttime light shows. Uh, lights adorn our trees at plazas, uh, like the one outside McLaren Lodge in Union Square, Civic Center Plaza, and Bodecker Park. Um, also, the Marina Small Craft Harbor held its annual holiday event last week, featuring a lighted boat parade and rides with Santa Claus. Uh, finally, two free light shows in Golden, are taking place in Golden Gate Park right now, um, entwined along JFK Promenade, and the photosynthesis Love for All Seasons show, uh, which is projected on the conservatory. We do have a few more upcoming holiday events before the 25th, um, including the India Basin Holiday in the Park Toy Giveaway. That's happening this Friday, December 22nd from 2 to 6 at the India Basin Shoreline Park. There will be free holiday arts and crafts, hot chocolate, a photo booth, raffle prizes, and a small business market for some last-minute holiday shopping. 
There's also a Kwanzaa celebration taking place Friday, December 29th at 5.30 to 8 at Minnie and Levy Ward Rec Center, featuring live performances and local vendors. And don't forget about the holiday ice rink at Union Square, which will continue to provide holiday cheer through January 15th. Uh, President Anderson talked about the uh, pickleball complex at Larson. Uh, just to add to that, there are eight new dedicated courts there, um, and they are part of our larger effort to meet the demand for this sport. Over the past five years, we increased the number of courts sevenfold in the city, bringing the total number of courts. Oh, do I have to stop now, Ashley? No. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> bringing the total number of courts from just 12 in 2018 to more than 80 uh, places to play today in our system. Um, we're grateful to the Pickleball Working Group, the San Francisco Tennis Coalition, our commission, um, and especially Commissioner Vanita Louie. Thank you for all your help and support. Um, the work is not done. We've got more to come in the new year. So look forward to working with you on that. Um, in other Racket Sports, uh, head to Embarcadero Plaza to check out uh, the growing popularity of Padel. The sport is a cross between tennis and squash and boasts some 10 million players worldwide. Um, under a one-year pop-up, Park Padel will operate two courts at the Embarcadero. There are free playtimes from 2 to 4, Monday through Thursday, um, and these are the first courts open in Northern California, so come check them out. Mr. Anderson talked about our fun Fillmore Turk mini park renovation, um, and we just want to add, I want to add to that by thanking the new Community Leadership Foundation for the renovations. Uh, we worked with them as part of our, and the Charm Committee, um, who were at the opening. Uh, we worked with them as, as part of this community-driven project. Last week, some 200 rec staff attended a sports and leadership summit at Oracle Park. The event was hosted by the Center for Healing and Justice Through Sport and helped equip youth workers and coaches with skills to create safe environments for young people. Center for Healing and Justice Through Sport combines physical training with science-based research to teach participants how to support emotional stress through sports and movement. Uh, this was our first ever training with this group in the Bay Area, uh, and we are thankful to the San Francisco Giants, the California State Initiative, Move Your Body and Calm Your Mind for helping us put this together. Uh, and our park maintenance score report is out. The city's controller office released its annual park maintenance scores for the fiscal year uh, yesterday with our parks earning high marks. The report grades parks on their cleanliness and condition. That includes athletic fields and facilities, playgrounds, restrooms, lawns, court surfaces, and picnic areas. Citywide park maintenance scores for, the, for this fiscal year stand at an impressive 91%. We have two parks that uh, achieved perfect scores, Muriel Leff Mini Park and the Sunnyside Conservatory. The scores also reveal a shift in the distribution of high and low scoring parks. Between fiscal year 2015 and 2019, high, higher scoring parks were typically located in the city's northern areas. However, since fiscal year 2020, we've seen a more equitable distribution with parks in neighborhoods like Tenderloin, Chinatown, Sunset, Sunnyside, Western Edition, Silver Terrace, Merced Heights, and Ingleside Heights ranking among the top 10% of well-maintained parks. Parks in our equity zones earned an average score of 89%, remaining unchanged from the previous two fiscal years. 
Um, and two parks received the most improved maintenance scores, both rising, rising 15 points to 93%. Hilltop Park in the Bayview and Visitation Valley Greenway. The, uh, the report is worked on by both our staff and the controller's office and uh, will be posted on the controller's website and a full report presented to you, I believe in January, by the controller. Um, a special, special thanks to our maintenance staff who do yeoman's work every day to make sure that our parks are clean and safe. Um, anyone, parents of teenagers out there, our work creation deadline is coming up. Applications are due Monday, January 8th at 5 p.m. Commissioner Jupiter Jones, you're middle aged out, is that right? <laughs> My apologies. Uh, Darn, I guess that means I'm aged out too. Shoot. Teens between the ages of 14 and 17 who live or go to school in San Francisco can apply for summer positions at day camps, rec centers, and park and parks. Uh, work creation participants earn. $20.75 an hour and are eligible to work up to 25 hours during the week. Applications are available at our website, sfrecpark.org. Finally, our beloved Camp Mather is coming up on its 100th season. The lottery closes January 5th, so if you want a chance to get your, you or your friends and family up there, uh, do it by the 5th. Camp will run for week-long sessions through June, excuse me, from June 2nd through August 17th, and our inclusion week, which focuses on, on families with family members that have a disability, um, is from July 28th to August 3rd. Again, if you want to register, you can head to sfrecpark.org or call us uh, to register. We'll help you with that process. That concludes the general manager's report. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, we'll now move to public comment on the general manager's report. Is there anyone in room 416 who'd like to comment on item three? Okay, seeing none, do we have any hands raised? No hands raised. Public comment is closed. We're now on item four, general public comment, up to 15 minutes. This will, item will be continued to item nine. At this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission and that do not appear on the agenda. With respect to agenda items, you will have the opportunity to address the commission when the item is reached in the meeting. I have one blue card, Richard, and then and then you can come on up after Richard, yeah. Hello again, uh, two items. One is uh, it's coming up on the 90th anniversary of the opening of Coy Tower. So some of us wanna plan an event on October 19th of next year for the party for the opening of the Coy Tower. And just to say the Art Commission and Reckon Park need to take better care of the murals at Coy Tower. That's all I have to say. But the main thing I came here, since now you're going to require everybody to come to City Hall to come to meetings, will you please ask staff to put the chairs and benches back in the park across the street? And Dana Ketchum's proposal is unacceptable. And I don't know why the benches should be there just as they were before the pandemic. So if you want us to come to City Hall, then make it you know places where people can sit 
uh, either before or after meetings or places where they can have their lunch. You know, it's just really, uh, you know, I talk to staff about it and I don't get satisfactory answers. So I hope the commission will ask the staff to please put the benches back across the park. Uh, thank you. Next speaker. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, Good most morning. of you know who I am. I'm Matthew Blaine. I'm chair of SF Urban Riders. Uh, we do uh, advocacy for bikes on trails throughout the city. Um, came to this meeting because I was hoping to get some entertainment. Usually there's singing from the public comment or commissioners and said, you know, thank you, Commissioner Novi, for your demonstration. <laughs> but um, instead, I got the surprise to hear about Denny Kern. So my condolences to you for that. It's also someone I got to work thank with, you. honor working with. Um, I was just going to mention quickly to some of the things that we've done this year. I'm actually also looking forward to see your annual report and the history of the commission available other than actually having to go to the McLaren room and page through paperwork. So that will be <laughs> actually quite valuable, interesting. Ashley, maybe we can attach that to the commission yes, page. Yeah, let's do It'd that. It'd be cool to see that. Um, online is good. Yeah, just talking about some of what we did this year. So with Rec and Park, a lot of the work we did this year just with, with uh, planning around McLaren Park, lots of cool opportunities for trails and features there. We also held six work days uh, at the McLaren Bike Park. Um, and actually glad I believe the bike park is now open one more day a week than it was uh, before so that's good news um, outside the park commission uh, you know, we're well known for our, our biggest work is over at Laguna Honda Hospital where we steward the trails and habitat there and continue to do so have at least a dozen trail work days um, and we also work with partners nearby like on Twin Peaks and Mount Sutro or with the Sutro stewards and PUC and lots of other organizations um, and also the Crosstown Trail which has led to some uh, Possible hopeful things with uh, candlesticks at your recreation area over the coming year um, and past year. And uh, yeah, I just want to say look forward to continued uh, partnership, stewardship in the park. And the reason we do this, of course, is to help our open spaces and bring more people to them. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comment on item four in room 416? Okay, is there anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx? Okay, no hands raised. Public comment on item four is closed. We are now on item five, the consent calendar. Unless a commissioner would like to remove anything from consent, we can move to public comment. Okay. Go ahead. All right, public comment on item five. Is there anyone in room 416 who'd like to comment on the consent calendar? And I know we have quite a few callers on the line. If anyone on the line would like to comment on something that is under item five, now is the time to raise your hand. I do believe that there might be a few people who wanted to comment on South Sunset Clubhouse or, okay, I'm just waiting for TV. that's why I'm pausing. Okay, still no hands raised. Okay, seeing no hands raised for item five, public comment is closed. Commissioners? Move to approve consent calendar. Okay, I have a motion and a second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 Any opposition? None. The consent calendar is approved. Thank you, Ashley. Okay, we are now on item six, the San Francisco Zoo report with Alicia from the San Francisco Zoo. Welcome, Alicia. Yeah, thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. How do you spell Alicia? Is it A-L-I-C-I-A? No. All right. You're going to correct the record for us. S-I-A. Yeah, 
It's A L A L Y S I A. A L Y S I A. Okay, let's get it correct. Whoever's typing up there. Thank you. I am the director of camps and classes at the San Francisco Zoo. So thank you for having me today. Um, I'm here to report on some of our youth education programs and what we've been doing throughout the year. Um, we actually had over 300 school groups come to the San Francisco Zoo this past year and 18,000 kids um, participate in our field trip programs. And then specifically, I'm here to talk a little bit about our zoo camp program. Um, where we do a summer camp, um, spring bilingual camps in Spanish, and potentially this year in Mandarin, and then also uh, <coughs> uh, fall and winter camps, which are happening next week. Um, we had about 2,000, a little over 2,000 students participate in this program, and we were able to offer 39 scholarships to our families across San Francisco. Um, we open our um, scholarship applications, and we were able to fit the needs for every family that applied. And then just generally, we service um, kids pre-K, so around four years old through sixth grade in our summer camp program. Um, more recently, our uh, zoo camp program has really been shifted to a conservation camp. Um, so we're focusing on conservation messaging around our 14 critically endangered species at the zoo um, and kind of leaning into that a little bit more in our curriculum and our messaging um, across the zoo with the public, but specifically in our education programs. Um, for the past two years, we have had a bilingual zoo camp, again, in Spanish and English, and that's been really well received. We're able to offer scholarships and provide um, that free to families who, uh, who request that. In addition, this past summer, we were able to um, offer back our teen leadership program, which is part of our DEAI initiative at the zoo, um, bringing in a diverse group of teenagers from across the city to provide, um, again, focusing on conservation messaging, um, teaching them about enrichment with the animals, and then uh, providing mentorship and support to our zoo campers. Um, I am fairly new to the zoo, so we have a lot of uh, uh, zoo staff who have been there for many, many years. I've only been there for a year, um, but I come from the Chabot Space and Science Center, and so my goal was to bring more science and art into our zoo camp program and into our classes, um, providing students with scientific notebooks so that they can um, take observations, um, learn about the animals, uh, increase their awareness, and then produce um, different types of posters and conservation stickers and things um, to bring back to their communities and to their families. Um, and from that, we were able to have like a bunch of zoo campers um, in fifth and sixth grade who really got behind saving different endangered species um, and went back um, over the summer to do bake sales and other things to um, provide awareness around um, endangered species and animals. Um, and then lastly, um, I also have an art background, so I really wanted to bring not only the science but the art into the program. And so we have dedicated art teachers in our summer camp programs now that actually make them do a little bit more sketching and observation and then turn those things into really fun art projects for the kids.
And then finally, um, the zoo staff was also oh. concerned <laughs> and uh, made aware of Denny's passing. And so we wanted to provide um, the naming of one of our prairie dogs after Denny. Yes. And uh, I'm going to pass this to you, Ashley. That's really sweet. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Alicia. Do my commissioners have, our commissioners have any questions for Alicia? Well done. I'm really excited about this uh, new initiative. Thank you. Thank you, Alicia. Our regards to Tanya, please. Okay, we are now on um, gen uh, sorry, public comment on item six. Is there any public comment in room 416? Okay, and then any, and no hands raised on our WebEx. So seeing no comment, public comment is closed. We're now on item seven, Japantown Peace Plaza Renovation Contract Award with Marion. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Marion Koss, Good morning. and I'm a project manager with the Capital Division. Um, good morning to our president, vice president. Welcome. Thank you, general manager, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and all of you. Anyway, today is a, a somber moment as well, um, but also celebration, because I am here to share and ask for your approval on a milestone in Japantown. So it is discussion of possible action to award a construction contract for Japantown Peace Plaza. Contract number 00008378 to Plant Construction Company, LP, in the amount of up to $15,453,216. And that is for the base bid of uh, $12 million $37,543 and a bid alternate uh, of $3,415,673. So um, anyway, this project meets uh, three of our strategic planning goals, which are to inspire public space, to inspire play, and to inspire investment. And as you know, Japantown Peace Plaza is located in District 5, Post Street, uh, Gary Street, it aligns Buchanan Mall. It's about 32,000 square feet. And um, I shared a little bit. It, the, this commission has seen it twice already, one time um, for the concept approval in 2019, and then again earlier this year to seek approval for the two grants that we received, both federal and state. And, um, and actually, at that time, in March, there was a little bit of, you know, a few tweaks and changes to the design, and that's also the, um, the same plan that you saw at Informational Capital Committee. So, um, so why am I here now? To share information about the bid process and what happened with that. As you remember, there was a protest, so we weren't able to um, ask for your approval during Capital Committee, but um, we received three bids after a nine-week bid period, and the lowest bidder uh, apparently was planned construction. And then within the protest period, we received two additional bids, two, two protests from the two that were below plant. And in the last few months, uh, 
the protests were evaluated by our, by our team, by consultants, and then lastly by our city attorney and found that they didn't have any grounds. So therefore, it gives me the opportunity to come here and ask for you know, the next step. Um, let's see. Uh, I think that is about it. Um, just broadly, we're trying to start construction on site in the springtime. And um, which means issuing NTP a little earlier, you know, to get all the paperwork and all that in place. And uh, it's a 17-month period. However, contingent on you know, like a, an existing building and also the uh, the weather, uh, we're we're looking at reopening in um, in springtime of 2026. So with that, I am ready for questions. Thank you, Marion. I have a question from Sarah Madeline, <clears throat> please. Oh, I just want to congratulate you um, and the Capital Division and the Department on this. It's a labor of love. A lot of work has gone into it, and this is an amazing milestone. And um, I know, speaking on behalf of Phil, uh, we are so grateful for you, Marion, and that you, uh, working with Bev, led this complex process. And just wanted to mark the occasion and say thank you. Thank you, thank you. May I just add one other piece of this? Is yes. that we had um, over and still counting 60 uh, public public meetings with the community. Half of them were before um, concept approval in 2019. The others went virtually, and now we're starting to come together in person, like you know, like our commission here. So this is really. I'm just honored to be part of the team and to help kind of corral folks, but really this is uh, an effort from the community because that's where it came from. And they, were, they developed the five goals and they wanted to continue to meet the five goals and we continue to do that as well in every aspect of the project. So thank you for that. I share it with my folks. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, Vanita Louie, Commissioner Louie. Public comment on this? I, I think I'll... I'll go ahead and I'd like to hear from Commissioner Louie and then we can have some public comments. So thank you, Marion, for um, presenting this today. This is um, a long-awaited project. Um, this is a, an, all, all parks in communities are vital, but this is uh, very close to heart because this is a, Japan town is somewhere where yeah, I grew up. <coughs> I went to high school two blocks away. So, um, that Peace Plaza area really is needs upgrading, and so many beloved nonprofits um, really want this. We're talking about six blocks. In Japantown, is consists of six square blocks, whereas in comparison, Chinatown is 30 square blocks. So this is a community that uh, really enjoys shopping, eating, and invites visitors. Um, people from all over the world come to visit Japantown. So this is a long-awaited project. It is vital, and thank you for presenting today. Uh, we can't wait to break ground in the spring. Thank you. Wonderful. Um, let's see if there's any public comment, then we'd like to come back to Commissioner questions. Okay. Is there anyone in room 416 who's here to comment on item 7? Come on forward. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
Good afternoon, or is still close. Still technically still morning. Yeah. Good morning, commissioners. Uh, Richard Hashimoto. I am one of the co-chairs of the Japantown Peace Plaza. Um, I just came up here um, to express our sincere appreciation to all of you. I know that uh, you have supported the project and just wanted to give you a little bit of history about uh, where, how we came to about today. So um, the current Japantown Peace Plaza design and renovation has been in the works since 2017. Uh, that's when the Japantown Foundation kind of spearheaded this project and funded a feasibility study uh, to get it kick-started. And then once it got kick-started and we had numerous town hall meetings and um, uh, it, we're just pleased to finally get to where we are today. I have been through the past two renovations of the Peace Plaza, kind of tells you history how long I've been there, kind of an old dinosaur. But, um, you know, those two renovations had no community input whatsoever. Uh, we brought up our concerns, and, I mean, we, we voiced our, our opinions very forcefully, but uh, they were all ignored. And so this proposed design, I want to really thank um, General Manager Phil Ginsburg, and if you would please extend our sincere appreciation to him, that... The community had to have a voice in this design. He really expressed that. So we were very pleased at that. And then um, I also want to thank you, commissioners, um, for all your support throughout the years. Um, you all came out to inspect and visit the plaza, saw all the problems that we had with the plaza. Even today, there's crews out there replacing tiles, broken tiles out there. Uh, can it go on? Just um, give us... A little I also bit more. Um, excuse me? Just a little bit more. I can okay. add another 30 seconds or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, thank you. I just want to take this time to thank all the staff, all the uh, people that's been working on this project throughout the years. Uh, uh, Beverly Ng, for example, uh, Marion Koss, Jennifer Cooper, and um, just want to thank all of you. Um, you know, we're not out of the woods yet, but I do want to uh, express my sincere appreciation and urge you to support plan construction for this project. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Okay. okay, are there any other speakers on item seven in room 416? Okay, seeing none, I believe we have at least one hand raised. If there's anyone else on our call who would like to raise their hand, just press star three. Can you unmute the first caller, please? Is <coughs> Emily Murase, executive director of the Japantown Task Force. Uh, the Peace Plaza renovation project has been a very high priority for our 19-member uh, board that reflects uh, stakeholders from across the neighborhood. I did send in a letter to the commission in strong support of this contract award. I want to thank uh, General Manager Phil Ginsburg, um, also Deputy Director uh, Beverly Ng, uh, Marion Koss, Jennifer Cooper, uh, for their deeply collaborative efforts. And Commissioner Vinia Louie is a Japantown regular and has been incredibly important to this effort. And I know President Anderson has also made multiple visits to Japantown. Oh, yeah. I just want to also acknowledge that um, the Japantown community leaders worked with Assemblymember Phil Ting and House Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi to fill a sizable funding gap that we were looking at a year ago. We urge approval of the contract. Thank you. 
Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I figured you just walked in. You probably were here to speak. So yeah. uh, come on up. You have two minutes. Just in time. Hi. Good morning, commissioners. Um, I'm here on behalf of Japantown. I'm, my name is Susie Kagami. I am actually an executive director of a new organization called COHO. Um, we are an arts and culture hub in Japantown. Um, but I have worked closely with Rich, Marianne, Emily, um, and a lot of the Japantown leaders. This project is so important to us. Um, I stand here on behalf of the future of Japantown, the future leaders of Japantown. And the Peace Plaza is so significant, and it's so important. And I've been hearing a lot of the history um, of what went wrong in the past. And I think this time around, everyone is incredibly cautious. Um, Marion's under a huge microscope under the community to make sure that this project goes well, that it uh, stays under budget, that it stays on time, and so that we can get back to the festivals and the community gatherings that Japantown um, loves and the whole city loves on behalf of, of really cultural aspects um, and the beautiful fabric of the San Francisco, what it really means to, to be here. Um, I was raised in San Francisco, and Japantown has a very, very close personal um, place in my heart, as many of our community members are. So. Um, we are here to make sure that everything goes well, and we're excited, excited for all of you to help us make that happen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anyone else in the room here to comment on item seven? Okay. Seeing no further comment, public comment is closed. Commissioners? Oh, okay. Um, thank you. I wanted to acknowledge the letter, but Emily Morase did come on and speak. She's the executive director of the Japantown task force. She wrote us a letter, wanted to let you know, Emily, if you're still listening, that we did get it. And um, we really appreciate all the efforts. She, she mentioned that the Japantown community has been extremely engaged in the Peace Plaza renovation project since its start in 2017. Importantly, the JTF Peace Plaza Committee co-chairs John Osaki and Rich Hashimoto, whom we heard from this morning, advocated strongly and successfully for additional state and federal funding that filled a significant um, shortfall, and um, you know there were higher co pandemic-related costs. Um, Commissioner Louie and I, and our um, leader Emerita uh, Nancy Pelosi, and our mayor uh, London Breed, we were out there on a cold day this last April to celebrate special funding that Leader Pelosi was able to um, obtain and, uh, and combined with our funds from the city and our, our residents of San Francisco. Uh, this is truly a beloved en endeavor. Uh, I think we returned again for the Cherry Blossom Festival. Our mayor, London Breed, was there too. This was something that was so important in her district, District 5, and she's a strong advocate of this. And just on behalf of her, because she appointed all of us and we we support our mayor and, and these great projects that she gets behind. We just want to say thank you to all of our community stakeholders for all the, the, the love, blood, sweat, and tears that you've put into this project. And we will certainly keep an eye on things and make sure that we continue to earn your trust. Uh, um, please, Commissioner Louie, next. 
Okay, can we vote on this now? Yes. Love to start a vote. Okay, so uh, I motion to accept the award uh, bid from plant construction for uh, Japantown Peace Plaza. Second. All those in favor state aye. 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 Any opposition? <coughs> None. It passes unanimously. Thank, thank you, everyone. You thank you very much. And we would not think you rude if you would like to leave the room, but please stay if you want more entertainment. Okay, we are now on item 8, 2500 Mariposa Street, SFMTA Portero Yard Project, Shadow on Franklin Square. Thank you. <coughs> Are you sure? <coughs> the presentation is ready. Thank you, Commissioners, La Commissioner Liaison, who just stepped out, and mm -hmm. good afternoon, Commissioners. <laughs> Hello, Brian. It is. No, not quite afternoon. My name is Brian Stokel. I'm a planner with the Capcom Planning Division, and I'm joined today by planning department staff who will present a portion of the presentation pertaining to the project description, public outreach, and public benefit aspects of this project, whereas my portion will focus on the shade and shadow analysis upon the affected park. Our presentation will provide you with a summary of the proposed SFMTA Petrero Yard mixed-use development at 2500 Mariposa and its shadow effects upon the Franklin Square under the jurisdiction of the Recreation and Park Department. Review of the shadow cast by this project supports objective 1.2 of the strategic plan to strengthen the quality of existing parks and facilities. As a reminder, your review of shadow on rec park land is codified by planning code section 295 and the 1989 memo jointly adopted by the planning commission and the rec and park commission. The proposed Petrero yard project would replace the existing SFMTA bus yard with a new bus maintenance and storage facility that would also include housing, commercial, and retail spaces. Note that the project will include a public restroom located at the corner of Bryant and 17th Streets, marked by the yellow circle to the right, which will be available to park users, including the children's play area marked in the left oval. The proposed project is located in the Mission District adjacent to Franklin Square. The project sponsor has two alternatives for the project, which are both similar in terms of shade. The general details of both alternatives will be presented now. However, the commission will be make a determination regarding the shadow's impacts from the paratransit alternative only, which has slightly more shade than the other options. At this time, I'd like to invite Gabriela Pantoja from the planning department to provide a brief overview of the project description, outreach, and public good aspects of the project. Uh, good morning, commissioners. Thank you, Brian. 
Uh, a brief record on the on the project. This is this project is the culmination of over six years of work by SMTA and their joint development partner PNC Petrero Neighborhood Collective, uh, which began back in 2017 with a robust neighborhood outreach. Um, since ne since 2017, SFMTA and PNC have worked collectively uh, with all stakeholders, including the public, SFMTA employees, um, affordable housing advocates. Um, to massage the project, project to what it is today. Um, the project team has held over 140 outreach sessions, including uh, recurring meetings with a neighborhood working group, which includes friends of Franklin Square Park, um, had public tours of the site, had project-sponsored events, and listening sessions. A little bit about the project. Um, the project will demolish SFMTA's existing two-story building and parking lot located at 2500 Mariposa Street um, and will construct an approximately 1.3 million square foot, 75 to 150 foot mixed-use building, which will include public transportation facility and public utilities yard for the use of SFMTA and at maximum 465 dwelling units, which will include studios, one bedrooms, um, and over 50% of those, which will be two bedrooms and three bedrooms, and approximately 2,452 square feet of commercial space. As Brian mentioned, a variant of the proposal, also known as the paratransit variant, uh, will be included as part of the project. Um, in addition to the proposal listed I mentioned previously, uh, what will change here is that there will be an additional level of FMTA infrastructure, uh, which will be dedicated to their paratransit division. And um, we will see a reduction in the number of dwelling units from 465 to uh, 104 for the joint development. Um, the project will include a number of public benefits, aside from the most prominent, which is a new state-of-the-art facility for SFMTA. Um, these benefits include, as Brian mentioned, a public restroom that will be made available at the corner of 17th Street and Bryant Street, uh, the installation of public art, some street improvements, including new street trees, landscaping, bicycle parking, ball belts, ADA ramps, um, and lastly, but most importantly, um, some affordable housing for the project. And I'll turn it back to Brian. Thank you, Gabby. The sponsor, SFMTA, has two alternatives, just as Gabby <laughs> mentioned, for the proposed project. The paratransit alternative and the refined housing alternative. Both alternatives include an improved bus yard, housing, commercial space, and a public restroom for park visitors. Both alternatives cast similar amounts of shade on Franklin Square at similar times of the year times of day, and location within the park. However, as mentioned earlier, the commission will be reviewing the shade impacts on the park from the paratransit alternative only, which casts slightly more shade on the park compared to the refined housing alternative. For orientation purposes, the image at the bottom right shows the location of the project site, indicated in blue in relation to Franklin Square, shown in orange. The other images are aerial views of the project site and park. As you can see, the project site is immediately adjacent to Franklin Square in the block south of the park, sharing 17th Street frontages. The project site takes up an entire city block bounded by 17th, 
Bryant Mariposa and Hampshire Streets and is currently occupied by the existing Potrero bus yard and building that is proposed to be rebuilt. Regarding Franklin Square, this slide provides a programmatic detail of the park. The 4.4 acre park bounded by mixed use buildings along Hampshire Street to the east, Bryant Streets to the west, 17th Street to the south, and 16th Street to the north. The majority of the park's area is occupied by a regulation sized soccer field located in its center. A children's play area and adult fitness area are both in the southwest corner of the park. Pedestrian pathways weave through the landscaped areas and lawns around the edges of the park. This slide provides the project's full year shadow fan, which is helpful to visualize the project's overall shadow impact upon the park throughout the year. <coughs> On the full year shadow fan, the project site is depicted in orange and the project's annualized shadow fan footprint upon the park is displayed in blue with darker blue representing more frequent shadows and lighter blue representing less frequent shadows. As you can see, the annualized project shadow would approximately cover the southern half of Franklin Square. Project shadows are most frequent immediately around the proposed project's footprint but, and become less, further frequent, fre less frequent further away. New project shadow would be pre present throughout the year during all times of day, however, peaking during the morning hours and decreasing throughout the end of the day, and most prominent during the morning hours of fall and winter. Regarding quantitative measures, the quantitatively there is currently a 1.36 existing shadow load upon the park meaning that 1.36% of TAAS total available annual sunlight. The project would add 1.87% shadow for a total of 3.23% shadow load on the park. The image on the right depicts the project's maximum net new shadow, which would occur on December 21st at 8.19 a.m. Qualitatively, in terms of time of year and time of day, project shadows would occur in the fall to early spring from September 14th to March 18th, and throughout the day covering more areas during the mornings from about 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and afternoons. Maximum shadow would occur on December 21st. The average daily duration of shadows would, when shadow is present would be six hours and 52 minutes with an average shadow coverage of 11,990 square feet. That's about 6.2% of the park. With regard to shadow location, the shadow would occur mostly over the southwest and southeast corners of the park, over the adult fitness area and children's play area and lawns. Here's a time lapse showing the new shade from the project during the winter solstice which is also the day of maximum net sh new shadow. Today also happens to be the winter solstice, by the way. Note that the shade is more significant in the morning. The pro pro playground is shown as number one on the map and the fitness area as number five in the lower left part of the park. Shade leaves and sun returns to the playground area around 10 a.m. while some shade does cover part of the playground after 2 p.m.
In comparison, we see here a different time lapse showing new shade from the project that falls during the fall and spring <coughs> equinoxes in September and March. Note that the shade does fall on the southwest corner steps at 8 a.m. None of the playground nor fitness area are shaded from the project at this time of year. In closing, I'd like to highlight that the 1989 memo provides quantitative and qualitative criteria for determining whether a project shadow upon a rec park property will have a significant adverse impact upon the use of the park. Quantitatively, the memo establishes that the parks greater than two acres in size with less than 20% existing shading, as in the case of Franklin Square, the memo recommends a shadow increase of up to 1%. In the case of Franklin Square, the park is 4.4 acres in size, experiencing 1.36% existing shadow load, and the project would add 1.87% additional shadow for a total of 3.23%, which is above the 1989 memo's guidance of 1%. However, it, will, it is well below the 20% existing shadow load threshold the guidance references. Qualitatively, the criteria is to also consider includes the time of day of new shadow, time of year, shadow size, shadow duration, shadow location, and public goods served by the project as previously described. As noted previously, a key public good to park users would be the new public restroom that the project installs. The restroom would have two toilets and a wash basin facility and will be easily accessible from, from the park and available for park goers to use. We have received nine letters of support for the project, including the Friends of Franklin Square. This concludes my presentation. Both planning staff and I are available for comment and question. Thank you. Okay, we are now on public comment on item eight. Is there anyone in room 416 who'd like to comment on item eight? <coughs> Hello, commissioners. My name is Bonnie Jean Von Crow. I'm the public affairs manager for the SFMTA's Building Progress Program. So we did want to, we do have a few slides as well. Okay, yeah, um, that's fine. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, we're very excited about this project. Um, it does provide a new bus yard for the SFMTA, which is really prioritizing strong public transit, which is, of course, one of the most important tools we have to fight climate change. So it's a critical public benefit by improving efficiency and working conditions for frontline staff at the yard. Um, the buses can be repaired faster, improving Muni's reliability for the community at large. Um, it also, improving work conditions for our staff is a key priority for the SFMTA is they are working literally a hundred plus year old yard right now. And then finally, the yard will accommodate 54% more buses, which is critical in the needs of Muni for its future fleet. To talk a little bit about um, public benefits, of course, housing is a key benefit for this project. Um, the proposal, the, the primary uh, refined project uh, proposal for the housing uh, maximizes affordability and unit count, and that is that primary alternative. We're entitling up to 513 units for this project, um, which are all part of the city's housing element already. Um, the housing is both uh, for affordable family housing, which is um, for 
those making up to 80% area median income, as well as what we're terming workforce housing, which is between 80 and 120% AMI. Uh, the SFMTA is also looking very closely, and this is a this is a rendering of the workforce housing that's proposed for the podium on the project, and we're looking very closely at that, uh, creating a preference for SFMTA frontline staff to be able to live in that housing. Uh, as you heard, uh, there's a public restroom. Um, as part of this project, this is that corner, a close-up of the corner of 17th and Bryant, so that's right across from the children's playground. And that public restroom really came about because of public feedback and input from the Friends of Franklin Square requesting that. And so we're absolutely excited to be able to provide that benefit as part of this project. You also see in this rendering um, that the project supports active transportation adjacent to the park along 17th Street with uh, improvements to the 17th Street bikeway, making it a protected bike lane on that block, um, as well as public art as part of the project. So you do see a, a rendering. This is a conceptual rendering of an art piece for the um, mosaic or a mur a piece right just to the left of that entryway there. And then further on left, there is a glass wall along 17th Street that um, Park users will be able to see in and, and uh, be able to watch the buses going up and down, and that's a public art opportunity as well. And there's another retail space at the other side of 17th Street, and then um, here's another view of those public art opportunities um, in the northern rendering. And then finally, I did want to highlight that this is the public, uh, this is the city's first public-private partnership project. So it's a P3 project with our partners, the Petreo Neighborhood Collective. We've been very excited to partner with them. We brought them on, um, the MTA brought them on at the end of last year, and, um, and they've been doing outreach to the community that has developed this project ever since. We have had public outreach that's informed this project since 2018 when we began the Neighborhood Working Group, and we're excited to have such a strong partnership with the Friends of Franklin Square and very thankful for their support. Thank you very much, and I'm happy to answer any questions. <coughs> Thank you. Okay, now I think we can move to public comment. Yes? Okay. Um, is there anyone in the room who's here to comment on item eight? If you could step forward. You'll have two minutes. Commissioners, thank you for the time. Uh, my name is Chris Hargan. I'm a representative for Petrero Neighborhood Collective, the developer that's partnered with SFMTA. And I just wanted to share a little bit more about um, PNC and the values um, that have guided us and will continue to guide us in our decision-making for the project. Uh, number one for our values, partnership, with, partnership to meet city needs. We are actively partnering with the city to prioritize improving transit, address critical needs for housing, and provide a number of public benefits. As well, we are striving to align with priorities, our priorities with project stakeholders, including supporting the commission's mission to maintain beautiful parks and preserve the environment for the well-being for everyone. Number two, innovation. We are tasked with designing a fully constructible, seismically safe project within the established design guidelines that include respecting the use of Franklin Square. Number three, creating local economic inclusion. Our retail program prioritizes community businesses and includes new and improved crossings on 17th Street to promote safe ways for pedestrians and park goers to support these local businesses. Number four, racial equity. <coughs> We believed that access to green space is, a crucial, is crucial to a healthy and just community for all. We applaud the city for being the first in the nation where all residents live within a 10-minute 10 10 walk to the park, to a park, excuse me. 
The Potrero Yard Modernization Project with new housing is an opportunity to further close the gap of park access in the Mission District. And lastly, listening to community voices, one example is that through our community engagement process, we've heard loud and clear that Franklin Square is a beloved community asset. That is why we have worked hard to maintain a project design that will not have a significant adverse impact on the use of Franklin Square. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Next speaker. Good morning, commissioners, uh, President Anderson. Um, I will give a disclaimer. I'm so used to being on the other side of the dais. Uh, I'm a former police commissioner. I actually now serve on the Sheriff's uh, Department Oversight Board and just want to thank you guys for what it is that you do. And I think after taxes, it's probably more like $91 yeah, versus right. the $100 that folks get. <laughs> so I just wanted to be able to share that um, as a disclaimer. But today I come before you as the CEO of Young Community Developers, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Bayview Hunters Point. And we just celebrated 50 years of our existence providing workforce development services, educational services, and housing services to residents in our community. But today, just wanted to really share about some of the work that we've been doing uh, in partnership at Petrero Yard and really focusing today on the need to activate the green spaces in more marginalized communities. We heard a little bit uh, earlier today, and I'm so happy, Sarah, to hear that um, when we're looking at our marginalized communities, our parks are now increasing in terms of the upkeep in those areas. And when we think about the overall project, we're talking about bringing family housing, we're talking about bringing more eyes on the park and the street, which also, help, also helps us increase public safety with more people and more feet and more boots on the ground. And as you all heard too, adding uh, the public restroom to complement the park uh, is something that we're definitely in support of uh, as an organization. And I also wanted to give a shout out to some of my team members who have been tirelessly working on this project. Monica Almondral, who's a project manager with us at Young Community Developers, has been doing a phenomenal job along with the entire uh, Mighty team uh, as a whole. So we are in support of it. Appreciate all that you guys do, and we look forward to continuing to push forward. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public wishing to comment on item eight in room 416? No? Okay. I think we have at least one hand raised on our WebEx. <coughs> Two hands raised. If you could unmute the first caller, please, Seuss. Dunbar and I am a resident of the Rowan which uh, overlooks the park and also will be a close neighbor of the new development and I just want to speak in favor of it as um, as someone who's concerned about robust mass transit um, in San Francisco and also the need to address the, the housing crisis I just think this is a great project and really novel that San Francisco is doing this and also, I am very excited about all the people that will be living in my neighborhood and the new neighbors and all the energy they're going to bring. So I just, again, think it's a great project. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, uh, my name is Scott Feeney, and I am a member of the Petrero Yard Neighborhood Working Group since 2018 when it started. And um, I am also a neighbor. And I wanted to call in support of the project. Um, so I've seen through being on the neighborhood working group, there's been a lot of outreach uh, during this project that has really shaped it. And uh, the, uh, the team behind this project is really listening and I think has designed this project in a thoughtful way that will improve uh, Franklin Square. So I would ask for your support. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, seeing no further callers or commenters in the room, public comment is closed. Commissioners? 
Commissioner Annie Jupiter-Jones. Thank you. Um, so to know me is to know that I'm super protective of the <laughs> parks and open spaces in my, my home neighborhood of the Mission District. Um, Franklin Square is a park I spent a lot of time as a child and as a teenager, maybe not practicing such good park behaviors, but um, <laughs> um, I, I and, and also this, the Petrera Hill bus yard is just such an iconic like part of the community walk. I walked by it today and I remembered, I'm gonna share a little story if you'll entertain me. When I was in seventh grade, my best friend his father was a Muni driver, and they debuted this like I think it was the new bus or some some fancy bus that they you know they got the first one, and he took us there to do like a, a photo shoot with the new bus. We were so cute. We had like matching outfits, and I have like a, a photo album that's just full of us with this cute Muni bus. So a lot of good memories there. Um, and yes, you know while there this project will have an impact on the shadow, and we you know we always look at it especially when it's on a playground or a, you know, a recreation use, it's not the best thing, but um, I definitely am supportive of this project because I do believe the public good of this project is worth giving up some shadow in this park. Um, I think the public restrooms are extremely vital and will be much appreciated by this, um, by the neighborhood, by users of Franklin Square. The affordable housing we all know is just valuable and so necessary in our city, in this neighborhood in particular. And I just, I really love the partnership between the city departments and all these amazing community organizations. And um, you can just see the demonstration of how much can be accomplished with collaboration and shared resources. And so in our case, um, our resource is, you know, giving up a little bit of that shadow, and I feel like it's definitely worth it. I'm really excited to see this project come to light. I know we're not the art commission, but um, the mission makes some real good art, so I'm really excited to see what this community comes up with and that public public art part of the, of the project. Um, and lastly, I'm just really excited that the design, like we'll still be able to see the buses, because that, as I mentioned, that's such a, just a heartwarming thing to walk by and as a kid and even as an adult getting really excited to see um, our muni operators working on the buses. So, you know, with that, I'm really fully in support of this project and excited to see it move forward. Thank you everyone for your hard work on it. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner and, you're, and you're still cute. <laughs> we can do a, we can do a photo shoot. Oh, we can dear. recreate that photo shoot. <laughs> yes. Commissioner Mazzola. Thank you. Yeah. Um, following up on those comments, a lot of them were the same comments I was going to say, but I'll add that, uh, you know, this, uh, this developer has, has done the right thing by the city and they're going to continue to do the right thing by the city. And, and they feel it's important, um, as do we, um, to protect the workers. They're going to be working on this job to give people opportunities that might otherwise have not have opportunities to get into some of the apprenticeship programs and, uh, through city build and what have you, um, kids from the neighborhood. And, uh, I just think, uh, the staff did a great, great job showing us the design, showing us how it would affect the park. Um, I also agree that I don't think it has as much of an adverse impact, um, for me to say, no, I think this is too important of a job. Um, two needed housing that we have to build and a new bus yard is, is in, that one is in dire need of, of being replaced. And I think this developer is a high road developer that has, uh, has done right by the city of San Francisco. And I think this is a great project and, uh, I'm going to vote that, uh, 
this uh, goes through, then it does not have an adverse impact on the park. I, I do take that serious, but in this situation, I think it's minimal. Thank you, Commissioner. Any other commissioner wish to speak? Um, I wanted to um, share something to our um, guests that they may not realize. Before a project like this, um, particularly where uh, there may be a shadow on a project, um, it's offered to commissioners that we have briefings. So, for example, I had my briefing with um, department staff from SFMTA as well as Rec and Park staff, and they very thoughtfully <coughs> and carefully go through um, the important aspects of the project. Um, they let us know about the community engagement, and there's, there's been community engagement in this case as in other cases that's gone on for years. Um, I feel like you know, of course, no one's perfect, but I feel like our departmental staff are are really committed to hearing from neighbors, uh, stakeholders, and try their best. I mean, you know, there's there's only you know 895,000 opinions in San Francisco. Everybody's walking around with an opinion, and you can't please everybody all the time. But I feel like um, SFMTA and and RPD <laughs> and other staff really spend a lot of time trying to reach out. Even when um, public contact might be a little anemic, they go out and find people to have en community engagement with. Um, it always hurts me when I hear somebody come up and say, nobody told me, nobody said anything. How come I didn't know about this? It's like, well, I want to say, where were you hiding? Because we really all do our best to try to find people uh, who can tell us what the public wants, what do park users want, what do people who um, invest deeply in SFMTA want. So we have very thoughtful processes there, and we don't just sit up here and hear this for the first time. Um, we spend a lot of time on these materials and with these people. Um, instrumental in all endeavors are the friends, the, the locals, the, the neighbors. And so I have a lovely letter of support from the friends of Franklin Square, and they do support this project and what the Protero Neighborhood Collective is doing. Um, they were um, primary reasons why they want this. There's proposed residential development, as we've already heard, which is going to support workhouse house, workforce housing as well as affordable housing, and I think housing for all comers. Um, they believe that when people live close to the park, they'll be invested in a park's well-being, and they'll work towards improving it, and that is true. And our park scores definitely reflect that today. Um, they mentioned that although the project, project does cast some shadow, um, it's their opinion that um, the importance of the project and all that it brings, all the benefits, including housing, outweigh that small um, affectation, I guess I would call it, uh, it's not severe, and what I noticed when we saw the moving visuals is the shadow is greatly cast on a day like today, winter solstice, um, but doesn't affect during, in my opinion, spring and fall, when most kids are going to be outside playing at all hours of the day. Um, the PNC also heard them when they said they wanted a bathroom, so we're going to have that at the corner of 17th and Bryant. 
and that there should be some commercial spaces, that there would be a raised pedestrian crosswalk, and all sorts of things done to um, improve enhanced safety and to make it safer to ride bicycles. So that was the, the meat of that letter, and I want to thank um, Alejandro, Anna, Anjuli, and um, Jolene, as well as Emanuela, for writing in. Um, any other comments? I hear none, Ashley. Did anyone make a motion? I'd like to hear a motion. <laughs> I make a motion to approve this project. Do I have a second? Second. second. So just to be clear, we're making a motion that this will not have a negative impact. Yes, sorry. Correct. Okay. Okay, yes. did you, did you want to... Hold on um, one second and I'll... Uh, want me to reword it? <laughs> that, okay. that would be good for the I'm, record, yeah. I would like to make a motion that this project will not have an adverse impact on the quality of the park. Will not have a significant adverse significant. impact. Yeah, that's good. Motion and a second. All those in favor? State aye. 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 Any opposition? None. Motion okay. carried. Thank you. All right, we are now on item nine, general public comment. This is continued from item four. Is there anyone in the room who did not get a chance to comment on item number four that would like to speak during general public comment? Anyone with their hand raised on our WebEx? Oh, Thank yes. you, everybody. Hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. Hi. Uh, Rich Hashimoto again. Um, I just want to express my con um, uh, my condolences as well with Denny Kern. You know, when I first met Denny, it was like, and then I met Denny, and then uh, Phil Ginsburg was with them, and I said something was wrong with this picture because he was well dressed. He was in a suit, and, <laughs> and 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 Phil was just in his you know jeans and and jacket. But it's like. <laughs> Well, something wrong with this picture. It should be the other way around. But I just said, and ever since then, Denny has always been in a suit. I mean, he had to be one of the well-dressed persons. And, and he had, oh, my God, his smile. Oh, he could have just light up a room. I'm going to miss that smile. And yeah. I do share, you know, all of your heartache and you, uh, pain uh, of missing him. So, thank you so much. Thank you. And you know, he, during his time at the uh, in in the military, um, he was stationed in Japan. So he had a deep affliction for uh, affection for Japantown. So, um, and, and then, the Japanese tea garden. And, and the Japanese tea garden. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you know, there's a flag. We have three flag posts <laughs> on the Peace Plaza, and I was <laughs> kind of in charge for a short bit of time, uh, lowering and, and raising mm -hmm. the flags. Uh, during half staff, and I just called it a rope, but he corrected me and said it's a halyard. So, halyard. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you very much, uh, and you know, like I said, my condolences. Thank you for that lovely thank tribute, you. Richard. Okay. All right, we still have a couple agenda items. Yep. We're now on item ten, commissioners' matters. Commissioners, do you have any matters to discuss today? Okay. I don't see any. And seeing no public comment, we will move on to item 11, new business agenda setting. Anything from you all on that? I think I spoke to you about the one I, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, item 12, communications. Is there any public comment on item 12? Seeing none, public. I just would like to comment. Thank you, everyone who writes to us. <laughs> we read them all. We collect them all. We log them in. And we appreciate your, your, your time and your comments and, and contributing to the history of this commission. 
Okay, we are now on item 13, adjournment. Do I hear a motion to, wait, okay. Let's not forget this. I would like to propose that we adjourn in the memories of Paul Spring and Denny Kern and uh, anyone else that uh, my fellow commissioners would like to honor. <clears throat> Do I hear a motion and a second to adjourn in their memories? So moved. Second. All those in favor, state aye. 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 No opposition. We are adjourned at 11.43 a.m. Thank, Thank you, you everybody. Bill.